resurrection of Christ. Well, we're going to go ahead and get into our message for the morning. And I would invite you to turn to the book of John. John in chapter number 20 is where we're going to be this morning. John chapter 20. As we're turning over there, I want to mention that a couple weeks ago, we started this series called Must of the Master. And uh, several times in his earthly ministry, Jesus used the word must. And uh, this is, of course, a very significant word. And when God says must, it'd be very wise for us to take notice and consider what the Lord is telling us. So this morning on Resurrection Sunday, we're going to look at the events surrounding the instance in which the Bible says that the Scripture says that Jesus must first rise or must rise again from the dead. And so uh, John chapter 20, we're going to read verses 1 through 10 to start with, and uh, we're going to get all the way down through verse number 18 by the end of this message. Uh, But uh, verse 1 through 10 says this, The first day of the week, which of course is, is Sunday, cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, under the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taketh taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulchre, and seeth the linen cloths lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, when he, which came first to the sepulchre, and he saw and believed." And then here's the word must here that I wanted to kind of focus in on, uh, at least for this first part of the message. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. And uh, with that, let's pray, and then we'll get right into this message this morning. Lord, thank you for uh, what we've already experienced. Thank you, Lord, for all that you did for us on the cross of Calvary. And Lord, thank you that you're not in the tomb anymore. Thank you that you live today. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand the implications of that. Help us as we look at this passage this morning to um, respond like the individual we're going to be talking about today. Help us, Lord, to believe. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, one of the things that I find uh, somewhat humorous in this passage that we uh, just talked about or just read is uh, in verse number three, it says, Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. And then verse number four says, so they ran both together and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. Now, John was the human author of, of course, the gospel of John. And uh, he was the one that uh, he was referring to himself, really. Uh, Verse number two indicates that uh, John was the disciple whom Jesus loved. And so in verse number four, he wanted to make it clear to all the readers that he was the fastest runner uh, between he and Peter. I'm sure there was some type of competition that went on between Peter and John throughout their 
time with Jesus. And uh, this was an opportunity to run to the tomb. And uh, John wanted to point out to everyone that he was the winner of that race. Um, and uh, nothing wrong with that. In fact, he mentions it in verse number four. And then he also uh, mentions it in uh, verse number eight. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher. So he wanted just to let everybody know that he was the winner. And he, he didn't mind telling everybody twice that uh, he won that race. Well, they get to this tomb, and of course, they see it empty. And uh, they are immediately, at least uh, Mary was under the impression in verse number one that, uh, or verse number two, I'm sorry, they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher. Someone had stolen the body of Jesus. So they were under that impression. But, but when John got a closer look, the winner of that race, when he got a closer look in verse number eight, when, when John went into that sepulcher, uh, the Bible says he saw and believed. And my question to you this morning is, have you believed? Have you believed the fact that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and then rose again the third day? Do you believe that? Well, when John looked in, he saw and believed. And the scripture said in verse number 9, he must rise again from the dead. And that, that scripture reference is all the way back in Psalm in chapter number 16. Psalm 16, verse number 10, says this. Let me get over there. Psalm 16, verse 10 says, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. And this is a, a prophetical verse in the, in, in the book of Psalms, pointing to the fact that Jesus would rise from the grave. But what I want to focus in on uh, this morning is the following verses. In uh, verse number 11, it says, But Mary, well, let me back up here to verse number 10 back in John. It says, uh, Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary, she turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. And so the very first encounter that Jesus had after his resurrection was with a lady by the name of Mary, Mary Magdalene. Now after his resurrection, it's interesting that he chose Mary Magdalene, out of all the people he could have appeared to after the resurrection. I suppose if it were me, I would have been tempted after my resurrection to go and appear before the chief priests and say, ta-da, you tried to get rid of me. It didn't work. Maybe go to the scribes. Maybe to go to the Roman soldiers, the one who pounded those nails into his hands and say, hey, you see the scars, but I'm still living. 
Uh, maybe I would have been tempted to go to Pilate and said, hey, you, were, you knew I was innocent, and yet because you wanted to appease the crowd, you, you let me be crucified. Here I am. How do you feel now, Pilate? Uh, maybe Jesus was thinking, maybe I could go to uh, one, of my, one of my disciples. I mean, he didn't, he didn't choose to appear to Peter. Peter. I mean, no question that Jesus and Peter had a, a special and unique relationship. And nor did he appear to John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. He didn't appear to any of those. Instead, Jesus chose Mary Magdalene as his first encounter after his resurrection. In fact, Mark points out this fact to his readers in his gospel. Mark chapter 16, verse number 9, Mark says this, Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. So Jesus chose Mary Magdalene as the very first person to appear to. Think about it. Mary was the first person to see Jesus after his resurrection. She was the first person to talk to Jesus after he rose from the dead. But the question is, really, why? Why would God, why would Jesus choose to appear to Mary Magdalene first. Well, knowing why God does the things he does is truly an impossible task. No one's going to know all the reasons why God does things. He does make us privy to some of the things that, uh, some of the reasons he does things, but we'll not know all the reasons because the Bible says his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. So we don't know all the reasons why Jesus chose to first appear to Mary, but but maybe we can get some clues as we take a brief look at her life and specifically her journey with Jesus Christ. So today on this Resurrection Sunday, we're going to do a, a brief Bible study through the life of Mary Magdalene and see the difference that Jesus Christ made in her life. And so first of all, I want us to notice Mary's sin. Number one, Mary's sin. And when, when Mark pointed out that Jesus first appeared to Mary Magdalene, he also mentioned that Jesus cast out seven devils out of her. That was indeed a significant event in Mary's life. It's mentioned uh, a little bit more in detail in Luke chapter number 8. At least that's the first time it's mentioned. Luke chapter 8 and verse number 1. It says, And it came to pass afterward that he, Jesus, went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. So Jesus and the twelve disciples were going through and, and teaching and, um, uh, you know, preaching and, and, and showing what's going on and, and the fact that Jesus is here. Well, certain women, the, verse, the next verse says, And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. Now, the Bible doesn't give us the details on the event on which Jesus cast those devils out, but it happened. And we don't know exactly how she became possessed of not just a demon, but seven of them. We don't know all of the details there. It is all speculation, but typically no one is possessed by a demon without some type of door that is open to them in a person's life. Whether through dabbling in demonic activity, whether involved in heinous sin, uh, this is how someone gets possessed by a devil, is when you open a door to them and let them come in. And so, I don't know how or why uh, Mary did this, uh, 
By the way, there is a lot of speculation out there that uh, Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. There, there's really no biblical evidence of that. Uh, certainly possible, uh, but no evidence, no confirmation on that. But for one reason or another, she was possessed by these seven devils. And then one day, Jesus comes and casts them out. Now, I like this, I like this thought here. She was possessed by seven different devils. She had quite a past. And yet, even in spite of her past, Jesus chooses to appear to her first after his resurrection. To me, that's significant. To me, that says that God is greater than our past. You might be uh, listening this morning and you say, well, pastor, you don't really know what I've done. I mean, I have a pretty ugly past. Well, the truth is, every one of us has a sinful past. Every one of us is like Mary. Now, we may not have been possessed by seven devils or seven demons, but I'm telling you, all of us have sin. And all of us have a sinful past. And all of us have done things that have offended our holy and a righteous God. You may have a terrible past, but listen to me. Jesus wants to work in your life as well. I think about uh, the fact that Mary, being possessed by all these devils, there's no doubt she was an outcast of society. No one wanted to hang out with her. No one wanted to be her friend. She was a crazy woman. Now, all of us are a little crazy to some degree, but this is a whole different level of craziness. She was an outcast of society, and you may be feeling like that this morning. You say, I don't fit in anywhere. No one likes me. I don't really belong anywhere. Well, Mary can relate to you. And yet Jesus chose her out of all the people she, he could have appeared to first. He chose Mary Magdalene with her past in mind. Look, we're all sinners too. There's not a person watching and there's not a person alive right now that can say they've never sinned. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 9 says this, What then, are we better than they? You say, well, I've never been possessed by a devil, so I'm much better than Mary. Okay, again, are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. Paul said, look, doesn't matter uh, what your nationality is. It doesn't matter your pedigree, what family you were born into. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you grew up on. We're all under sin. Every one of us. He goes on to say, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Friend, that's you. That's me. That's our condition. So like Mary, we are all under sin. And uh, we cannot help ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. There's not a amount of good things we can do to remove our sin. Mary couldn't help herself. She couldn't cast these devils out on her own. And she was helpless and in desperate need of a Savior. And you and I are as well. So we see, first of all, Mary's sin. But secondly, I want us to see Mary's salvation. Because she didn't stay in that state of sin. See, the Lord came by at some point, and we don't again have all the details of when that happened and, and all, the, all the things that Jesus did to cast those devils out, but he did. I'll just say this, only Jesus could have healed her. 
And only Jesus can heal me and heal you of our sin. He cast out devils multiple times in his earthly ministry that we know about. Uh, probably a lot more than we don't know about that aren't recorded. Uh, but he is able to do this. And he is able to uh, not only cast out devils, but he's able to forgive me of all of my sin and all of your sin as well. That's what he came to do when he died on the cross. And we know from that day on her life, in her life, was completely different, completely changed. You see, Jesus had completely and radically changed her life at the moment that those devils were cast out. Um, Can I ask you this question? Has Jesus changed your life? You see, what we need is not to turn over a new leaf. We need new life. And that new life is only found in a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And Mary found that. Mary Magdalene, yes, she had a horrible uh, checkered past, but, but God was able to save her. And then she was a different person. God had completely changed her. In a different situation in his ministry, he had a conversation with another lady named Martha, whose brother Lazarus had just died. And in that conversation, Jesus made this statement. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And then Jesus asked this question to Mary, or to Martha here in this situation. He said, believest thou this? Martha, do you believe that I'm the resurrection and the life? And friend, can I ask you that same question as well? Believest thou this? Do you believe that Jesus is the only one that can forgive you of your sin? Do you believe that he's the only one that can take your past and uh, remove it as far as the east is from the west? Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and that three days later he rose again? Believest thou this? So Jesus asked Martha if she believed, and what was her response? Well, the next words are some of the most beautiful words in all of the word of God, and she responded with these words. Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. She said, Lord, I do believe. I know I'm praying, friend, if you're here this morning and and you're watching and you have never yet believed on Christ, that you'll say like Martha did in those Uh, back in uh, John chapter 11, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. I hope that you'll decide today to believe on Christ and to be saved, like Martha did and like Mary did when the Lord came and delivered her out of those demons. So we see Mary's sin. We see her sinful past and we see her salvation and how Christ made a great difference in our lives. But I want us to see number three this morning, Mary's steadfastness. See, after Jesus healed her, she was part of the followers of Christ. She was willing to follow and she was willing to be with him. She was willing to be with him when everything was going well and the miracles were happening and, and his popularity was on the rise and it was a trendy thing to be a follower of Christ and she was there. She was also there when it wasn't popular. 
She was also there when everyone else had forsaken and everyone else had scattered and gone away because of fear. Mary Magdalene chose to be the one that was steadfast and faithful to her Lord. You see, she was there at the cross. There was only one disciple that was present at the cross that we know of, and his name was John. And then a few ladies. And one of those ladies was Mary Magdalene. John chapter 19, verse 25 records this. If your Bible's open to John chapter 20, if you kind of look back over to John 19, verse 25, you'll see it for yourself. It says, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. You know, when the disciples, the ones who said that they were going to be there, had scattered, Mary Magdalene was steadfast. When so many others had forsaken Jesus, Mary Magdalene was there. Not only was she at the cross, she was also there at the burial. Mark chapter 15 records this. See, Joseph of Arimathea bought fine linen, took him down from the cross, and wrapped him, Jesus' body, in the linen, and laid him in a sepulcher, which was hewn out of a rock, and rolled a stone unto the door of the sepulcher, And then it says, and Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, beheld where he was laid. Only a few uh, select people were privy to where Jesus was buried because everyone else had gone away. Everyone else thought the story was over. Mary Magdalene was there at the burial. She saw. And now she comes to the tomb on that very early Sunday morning, the third day to anoint the body of Jesus. Mark gives us the details of why she came so early. She came with a couple other ladies to anoint the body of Jesus with some spices. So she's there at the cross. She's there at the burial. She comes then to the tomb early Sunday morning. She's steadfast. She's faithful to the Lord during difficult seasons. You know, in the Christian life, once we've become saved, once our sin has been forgiven, once we've come to know the Lord as our Savior, then I want to encourage all of us, and we're encouraged in the Word of God to be faithful. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 2 says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Proverbs 20 and verse number 6 says, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. See, everyone can say, oh, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to hang in there. I'm going to be steadfast. Everyone's going to proclaim their own goodness. But then, really, uh, a faithful man who can find? Well, as the Lord was looking through all of his followers, there was one who was indeed faithful, among others. But there was one who was faithful, and that was Mary Magdalene. Cornerstone Baptist Church, for those who are watching from our church family, Can I encourage you on this Resurrection Sunday to be found faithful to Christ during this season? Please be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? Because you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Be faithful to Him. I know this is a difficult time, but like Mary Magdalene, she was there with the Lord during difficult seasons. And I know this is a tough time for a lot of folks, but this is a time to remain faithful. This is a time to remain steadfast. 
There's a lot of people who say, well, I'll stay faithful so long as it's easy. So long as it's convenient and it fits my schedule and it doesn't cause me any discomfort. Well, really, faithfulness by a real definition means staying true when it's not easy. Uh, anyone can stay faithful when it's easy. But what God wants us to do is to be steadfast in times of difficulty like Mary Magdalene was. Peter pledged his faithfulness but faltered. But here, Mary was steadfast and unmovable in her commitment to Christ. And I encourage all of us to do that as well. So we see Mary's steadfastness. But I want us to see, fourthly, Mary's surprise. Mary's surprise. And that brings us really to our passage this morning. As uh, the disciples went away again into their own homes in verse number 10 of John chapter 20. Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. She wasn't really ready to leave. There we again see Mary's steadfastness. When everyone else went back home to kind of sulk and say, ah, Jesus' body has been stolen. Mary decided that she was going to stay and try to process all of this. Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. And when she did that, here's what she saw in verse number 12. She seeth two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not whether they have laid him. I don't know where he is. Someone stole the body of Jesus. She had some tremendous sadness, but it came from a false assumption. And she assumed that the body of Jesus was stolen. She assumed it in verse number two, verse number two, and also again in verse number 13. In verse number 14, though, it says, And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? Now, do you think Jesus was wondering why she was weeping? He knew. Jesus knows all things. And so he knew why she was weeping. But he doesn't ask questions for his information. He does it to provoke us to a response. And so verse 15, she supposing him to be the gardener, she really thought, this is the gardener. Um, And so she said, well, hey, if you... If you've taken him somewhere, just tell me. You know, I'll drop all the charges. And, uh, you know, I won't tell anybody. Just let me know where you put him so that I can take him away and care for his body myself. Well, verse 16, here comes the surprise. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. As soon as she heard him say the word Mary, all of a sudden she had heard that name before from someone in the past. The way he said it caused her to think, this wasn't a gardener. This was the Lord Jesus himself who had resurrected from the dead. And he said, Mary, she turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. Now, I I did some study to see if she actually did try to touch. I'm sure she did 
want to give him a hug or want to fall down at his feet, grab his feet. I, I don't know what it was that she tried to do. Um, but the Lord said, touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and, I, and your father and to my God and your God. So we see here Mary's surprise. She sees the resurrected Jesus, the first person to see the resurrected Jesus, the first person to talk to him. Pretty amazing, pretty special. And then the last thought this morning I want to share with you is Mary's service. Mary's service. In verse number 17, in Jesus' comments to Mary, he said, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. But then notice this, he says to her, But go to my brethren and say unto them. Go to my brethren and say unto them. You see, the risen Savior gives Mary a mission to accomplish. And what, what does she do? Verse number 18, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. So she gets a mission from the Lord to accomplish, and she accomplishes it. She does it. Oh, this wasn't the first time we see Mary Magdalene serving the Lord. In fact, the first time, first time her name is mentioned in Scripture, we see her ministering to the Lord in Luke chapter number 8. In verse number 3, it talks about this group of ladies that had been healed and had been uh, uh, changed by the Lord were ministering to his needs. So Mary was involved in serving the Lord. Why was she so willing to serve the Lord here in John chapter 20 and really throughout uh, the time that she followed Christ? Why was she so willing to do so? Jesus said this in Luke chapter 7, after a sinful lady entered into the place, anointed his feet with, uh, with uh, perfume and all of that. Here's what he said. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven. For she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Mary understood how much she was forgiven of. How much Jesus had changed her life. And therefore she was willing to love much and serve much. For Mary Magdalene, I believe she never got over what Jesus had done in her life. And as a result, she loved much. And now that she knew that Jesus wasn't just a good man or a good teacher, but that he was indeed God in human flesh who had conquered death, hell, and the grave, there really wasn't anything she wasn't willing to do for him. She was glad to serve her Lord. Have you gotten over what Jesus has done in your life? Maybe us as believers have kind of got used to the fact that we're believers. And then maybe we begin to think that God owes us things. Oh, no, not Mary. Mary never said, Lord, you owe me something. No, she realized Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin hath left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 15, Paul says it this way. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. 
Mary Magdalene was one who decided that she wasn't going to live unto herself. No, she was going to live unto him which died for her and rose again. Christian friend who are watching, I want to encourage you to have a life of service for the Lord that, Lord, if you want me to do something, please sign me up. I want to serve you. This is something I want to do because of what you have done for me. When you understand all that Jesus did for us, there really isn't anything we shouldn't be willing to do. Anywhere we shouldn't be willing to go. Mary had a life of service. Well, a pretty remarkable distinction. To be known as the very first person to see the resurrected Redeemer. Mary Magdalene. Quite a thing to be known as. What's the, uh, what's the decisions we should be making today as a result of this? Well, first of all, if you, like Mary, and all of us are, sinful and completely helpless, unable to save ourselves, if you're in that condition this morning, I would encourage you to trust Christ as your Savior. Understand that you are a sinner who has offended the holy God of heaven. Understand that you are in desperate need of a Savior. And understand that Jesus Christ came to be that Savior, to be your substitute on the cross. Then He died for you, and then He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And then to believe on His name. Get saved. Become one of His children. If there's never been a time in your life where you understood all of that and you believed on Christ. Oh, I pray that Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, 2020, that you would make the greatest decision of your life and trust Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. John chapter 1 and verse number 12 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. You can become a son of God. You can become a child of God today if you would receive him by believing on his name. Very simple. Simple enough for a child to do it. Would you do that today? On that uh, online form that I mentioned at the beginning of the service, there is a place if you would like to know more about trusting Christ as your Savior. Please check that box and fill out that form and, and let us know so that we can talk to you further about this most important decision of anyone's life. And so, what do we do with this message? Well, we make sure that we're, we've been saved. We make sure that Jesus Christ has taken away our sin. And for those of us who have made that decision, now we need to make the decision to be steadfast, to be faithful to the Lord in the good times, yes, but in the hard times too. And every time in between, to be found faithful for the Lord Jesus Christ. And then to be found serving like Mary was. That, hey, I'm willing to serve you, Lord. It doesn't matter what. It doesn't matter when. It doesn't matter how. I'm willing to do it, Lord. Would you make those decisions this morning? See, God doesn't speak to our hearts just for our information and to increase our knowledge only. It's meant to change our lives. And so allow the Lord to do that in your heart this morning. Allow the Lord to change your life by coming to Christ and being saved. By deciding to be faithful to the Lord in the tough times and in the good. 
and to be found faithful serving him. In the little things and the big things, it doesn't matter to be found faithful serving the Lord as well. The first encounter of the resurrected Savior was a lady by the name of Mary Magdalene. Somewhat an unlikely choice. But yet we can learn some lessons from her life that would point to maybe some reasons why God chose to let her be the first one to see the resurrected Savior. One day, we're all going to see the resurrected Savior. You're either going to see Him at the judgment seat of Christ or you're going to see Him at the great white throne judgment. Either you're going to be judged according to your works and be cast into a place called hell or to be judged according to your deeds and uh, receive crowns that you can give back to Him in heaven. 